Hello and welcome to episode two of Carp Cogs. Uh, we've made it again, Mr. Toner. Indeed. That's really good. Quite happy to be back. Yeah, good no, it's good. No, good to hear from you too, mate. You are, well, we're doing this, this podcast. It's, uh, as you can probably see in the title, it's for the um, Forces Carp Classic um, Pairs match in Walthamstow. Uh, and we're going to be talking about how Adam's getting on down there and the tactics he's using and, yeah, generally his competition and, yeah, everything about about the actual competition at the moment. So, if Ad, you want to go ahead and, and just give us an insight on, on what the lake... We, we, we touched on this on the last podcast on Wolfhamstow, but if you want to give the listeners just a bit more of um, the levels... Um, and yeah, uh, and we'll go from there. Yeah, that's all right. Hopefully, it's not too windy because the northwesterly is still blowing into my face at the moment. I'm huddled in my bivvy, um, hoping that um, hoping that it's not too bad coming over. Um, it's actually coming up to bite time soon. And it's twenty to nine at the moment, um, uh, and yeah, nine, nine o'clock seems to be about bite time. So who knows? Um, we might get lucky. <laughs> um, no, hopefully we'll have we'll have a run live on the podcast. It'll be the first um, one. That'd be pretty epic, but um, it's by no means an easy water, so yeah, that would be very lucky. Um, so yeah, uh, Force Cup Classic. So uh, the Force Cup Classic has been around for a while. Um, been uh, for a bit of history. Um, put together by a couple of guys, um, Tim Gray, Ross Marsh, who are ex-military. Um, they actually ran some of the army carpers groups, I think they're founders, or Tim was definitely a founder, um, and run lots of the events, army carpers-wise, and then when they left, um, they wanted to keep it going, basically, so they put together this um, Forces Carp Classic competition, um, which was... Um, Primarily, actually, out in France. Um, it's been running for a good few years now. And um, it's open to all serving um, services, so Army, Air Force, Navy, and also um, emergency services, uh, you know, ambulance and fire, etc., um, police, uh, and, um, and X as well, anyone... Um, uh, X any of those services um, and it's uh, the one in France is a week long competition in Abbey Lake pretty mad um, and it's it used, it used to be I think across a couple of lakes in, France, in Abbey Lake, Abbey Lake. Um, but it's grown now to 50 odd pairs um, yeah that's, that's, that's pretty good that it's pretty um it's pretty epic um and it's awesomely run the guy's done an awesome job on it and um and yeah there's a few prizes up for grabs i think i think it's probably like five grand or something for the one in france um first prize um they do quite a lot of charity raffles for charity um and the one yeah the one in france you you know you go out there it's a real kind of military um services banter atmosphere um yeah. arrive on the saturday oh, yeah on the saturday i think and then do the draw um for five well for now it's five lakes so uh do a draw for five 
five makes uh, 50 pairs. Come on. My God. Must be a nightmare. Um, and um, and you get on then fishing. I think they, they, they then do a break halfway through about Wednesday and have a social, some kind of fun events and stuff like casting competitions and have a barbecue, hog roast, or, uh, have a lot of beers and then um, and then crack on fishing to the end of the week. And yeah, there's lots, um, lots of really good fish out. I think they've had like shoulders. 80 odd or 90, 90 pound or something. Yeah. Um, don't quote me because I'm not sure, but it's uh, pretty epic. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that's the one in France. Um, you you do the, the UK one. Um, and you did that last year. Is that right? Yeah. There's a story so... behind that, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, yeah, the UK one was, um, I think it's three years old now. So um, the, the the one out in France runs in October generally. Um, and the UK one um, last year was in July. I think it was the second year last year. And that was a horseshoe. Um, and um, I was, I was um, supposed to be fishing with a mate of mine called Ben and mate of yours. Um, but unfortunately, he couldn't make it towards the end. Um, very close to it. So I ended up fishing on my own. Um, Got in quite a good peg because I do know horseshoe re- relatively well because um, I fish it, um, you know, fairly regularly. But also um, have fished it previously on matches um, with the army. Historically, we used to we used to run our army carp championships there, and um, I know the kind of best place to go. So um, came out. I think it's twenty six pairs generally, twenty five, twenty six pairs. Um, came out about eight or nine and managed to get my first choice pick and uh yeah and then I had a bit of a red letter session on my own with three rods. Um and uh managed to, you only um, you only go, you only gonna end up winning it, didn't you? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. to be your right in a pairs match and win it, I mean that's that's quite incredible. Well, yeah. I take my hand off to you mate because uh yeah, I mean that's gotta be pretty cool to be turning up on your own and you know you're up against really good anglers and not on their own obviously they're in pairs um so yeah that that's that's some outstanding fishing there well cheers mate but so, sometimes it can be an advantage right when you've only got three rods rather than four um yeah, that's true. and you can uh and potentially you know you're working your own spots uh, i mean i much prefer to be a pair because um you know you you work together and work work um, spots together, and you're using four rods basically to work out what the best method is and the best tactic. But um, but yeah, uh, managed to do that, and it was two grand prize money. So happy um, days, yeah. So I got two two grand at the end. I got two and trophies that's... and four rods because they're supposed to be a pair. So uh, and some uh, and some raffle prizes and stuff. So it's all good. Yeah, very good weekend. Very um, very good. But mostly my name on the uh, trophy so um so i had to obviously come back this year to try and retain my trophy um if at all possible so um and this this year it was going to be in horseshoe a little bit earlier it's supposed to be in april but obviously because covid and everything um they had to um call it off postpone it and then um and then they couldn't um they couldn't actually get horseshoe again so um 
so we're now here down at Walthamstow, which is another place that I've fished quite a lot um, in matches, yeah. and, uh, that's, that's, and um, it's an awesome yeah. place. Yeah, just to say, it's you know, it's a, it's a, it's one of them top venues. Um, you know, you could, you could probably put that in the top twenty of carp lakes in the country. Walthamstow, it's uh, it's that good. Yeah, it's, it's a day ticket venue. It's awesome. It's usually days only, so we're lucky yeah, we've got the, the um, downside. Yeah, yeah, we've got um, we got nights, and the competition runs from Thursday twelve o'clock until Sunday twelve o'clock. So, um, so you get three nights, four days, basically, and uh, so it's a massive privilege to be able to fish this night fish it with some awesome fish in it. Um, so yeah, that's where I am. So um, that was all. So I got down here on Thursday, obviously, or Wednesday night. Um, first thing, checked out, making sure my name was on trophy. Uh, took pictures of that, and, you know. <laughs> well, you <laughs> got sure. it, really. Yes. <laughs> would have been, can you imagine if they wasn't? I mean, there would have been an absolute outcry. I know. I think I said, you would have thrown all your toys out the pram. I would have, uh, <laughs> That was the first thing I was interested in. Where's that trophy? Oh, Oh, my spot spot has just sent up a massive oil stick and I haven't got a rig on it. Right, okay. Right, well, let's get to the uh, to the meat of it. And what was your draw? I am probably gutted about that, um, that spot spot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I took my rod off it um, and now it's slicking up. It's not good. Um, I'm going to... I have to put my rod back on it um, shortly, perhaps. Um, anyway, so uh, it might be Bream, who knows, but could well also yeah. be thirty-five pound, forty pound carp. So who knows? Um, so yes, I was um, the draw. Uh, we had a good walk around on um, on Wednesday night. It was it's a bit hard this competition because um, it's actually across two lakes, which puts yeah. an interesting dilemma. Um, so it's on um, the number one lake and the uh, number two and three. Well, two and three, you could pass it two different lakes, but they are joined. Um, they, so, they, were the ones we, they were the ones we fished on, wasn't it, two and three? Yeah, it was. Uh, you went, yeah. Okay. So, um, so you've got you've got choice. The, the number one, which um, is in theory an easier water with um, with. Uh, lower kind of weight of fish generally the biggest fish you might be able to get an odd 30 pounder in there but um, generally the kind of average is about 18 um, but there's some good 20s in there um, but you've got an, it's, it's easier and you've got a better chance of being able to catch fish or you go on the turn three which is a lot harder but the rewards are there if you manage to um, get one because uh, they're there's some big fish in here, including a forty-pound common and a forty-pound mirror. Um, so, um, so, so, what did you find when you uh, actually got to the lake? I mean, as in, where were you mostly checking out of where to go? I mean, was it the wind direction you were going on? Was it shows um, or a bit of both? Yeah, but, but, well, it's pe- the pegging um, the how they pegged it is always interesting straight away. So looking at the pegging map, um, having a look to see what water's got the best water, so whether it's um, 
the angle that they've pegged it from or um, when how you much talk, water you've gone? Yeah, so when you say best water, um, can you explain that a bit better? Yeah, so um, generally just from the pegging map, you're kind of looking at um, whether who's got who's got the most amount of water, right? Because a large amount yeah. of water is... Um, is useful, right? Because it gives the fish um, space to move around, particularly or, or hold in your area. Yeah, there's um, just less lines, isn't there? Yeah, less lines. Um, so, um, so the so the swims and pegs that have got lots of water, obviously, are quite interesting. Um, you're also then looking at um, if you've got a peg next door to you, um, would that, would that cut you off potentially? So. Um, if they cast, if they cast out, would that cut you off? If fish were coming into your area, because um, that that can have a massive effect on whether fish will um, travel around. Um, or have you got the ability to cut someone else off? Um, and then, um, and then you're starting to think about historic matches, how how they've got on, how we've got on when I've been on her before, um, and also. Um, about then, then the weather. What's that going to look like? And we knew that it was a southwesterly when we got here, but it was going to switch to a northwesterly. Um, and you northwesterly is a bit, and it was going to drop temperature as well. So um, it was quite warm, and now it's kind of dropped down. So you you don't know how the fish are going to react to that. They're going to be on the back of it. They're going to be on it. It's a yeah. bit of a difficult one. That um, yeah, that's a lot of information to process. It is yeah, and and also then. You're walking around the night before and trying to get as much local information as you can. So guys who are fishing, you know, try not to punish them too much, but um, trying to get a bit bit of information out of them. Um, not necessarily all to be trusted because because um, they're not fishing it in a match situation, right? They're yeah. fishing it in just a normal day ticket situation where they've got loads of space and no one next to them, stuff like that. But it's always interesting to find out over the last few weeks how it's been and what's been coming. Kind of stuff so um so we've done that on the wednesday we were mostly concentrated on the the two and three because we we're really keen to get in here because the 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 prizes are actually done on free best fish so you free best fish so if you if you which works out really well so if you um catch 10 fish it'll take you three biggest fish basically um a clue to weight um and whoever whoever does that um Whoever gets that is uh, is a winner, um, which is why it made it really interesting from a draw point of view because you were nearly guaranteed on the one to get free fish, um, but you couldn't guarantee that they'll be big. Um, but on the two and three, there is no guarantee that you'll get free fish. Um, there'd only be a couple of pegs probably that get free fish. But yeah. if you do get free fish, you're likely to win the competition because they're going to be bigger. Um average around mid 20 so um so yeah it was interesting it's hard it's a difficult choice um but so we were see... really keen really keen to be on two and three if we could because um because three nights on two and three chance of a pb for me potentially um chance of a first fish on two and three for ash um because he's fished it before and under one and we've fished one a few times before and we've won competitions on there right so we haven't particularly got anything to prove on there um so we fancied um, we fancied coming on to two and three if we could um so we went round and obviously um then ranked all the swims 
well, we kind of walked walk around Wednesday night, started mentally kind of ranking swims and then um, walked around again at about 10 o'clock at night just to see if the fish ended up at the place that we thought they would at night time, um, which is down the bottom end of the lake um, because that was kind of where our first choice was. Um, and then we went went round again at first light as well. And then we didn't actually write down that peg's choices until after that last um, go round um, both lakes because we wanted to make sure we were doing the right thing. And then we kind of had a strategy how we were going to approach it because it's a 26 pair draw. Um, it was a bit, yeah, it's a bit difficult to kind of call. So we, our strategy was... Um, we will pick um, the kind of five or six swims on two and three that we think are probably the best and have yep. got a good chance of having three fish um, if you're lucky, if we fish it well. And then look at, well, maybe we then need to look at the top kind of three or four on the number one reservoir. Um, so if all those all those come out early in the draw and they're taken then really we'll take our chances on number one perhaps um, and try and get some bigger fish um, if we could um, and then kind of then it kind of flicked back between number two and three and, uh, and and number one and we eventually got to our 26 list with quite a lot of deliberating um, and then yeah went off onto the draw Right, before the draw, what what was your uh, actual competition like? I mean, the other anglers you're up against, um, the, the calibre of these anglers, they're pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah, they're very good. They're, a lot of the anglers that fish here fish out in the FCC France, generally. So they used to match fishing. Um, but most of them have also kind of done all the kind of army carpers matches and stuff like that. or um, Or they're just very experienced you know carp anglers um you know you you have to pay like 400 quid a pair um or 440 quid a pair or something to get in so you don't come into it lightly right you want to come into it to win it so um so the yeah so the competition is um you know there's there's a friendly atmosphere and um there's a lot of banter between different services and um between your own service and stuff like that but um but overall, it's very serious, yeah. Um, banter on the Wednesday night, but as soon as draw time comes on Thursday morning, everyone takes yes. it very seriously. Game face. <laughs> Game yeah. <fun. laughs> yeah, and the nerves kick in. And yeah, there's some very good anglers, um, that is for sure. Um, okay. Don't underestimate so, anyone. So the draw, how did it go? That's, that, that is... That is probably one of the most critical things with any match, isn't it? It's the draw. I mean, I can just imagine the anticipation that everybody was going through, just waiting for their... Uh... So how was it? How was the process of the draw? So it was first out, and then you called your swim, yeah? Yeah, so they'd um, pick, your, uh, pick, pick a ball out, which would be your pair number, and then you then as a Warcraft draw, you basically pick your peg number um, in, order, in the order that you come out. Um, so... Yeah, the uh, you. I mean, we talked about it on the last episode where draws recently for me and Ash have been actually quite good. We was definitely due a bad one, and this was definitely it. <laughs> so, so um, 
So out of 26, was it? Yeah, 26. Okay. Um, we came 22nd. Ooh. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it was pretty harsh. Um, the... But sometimes that can be a good thing, right? So, uh, not that late. <laughs> Generally, yeah. not that late. No. Um, uh, because the... really, you want to be in the top 10 or so. Like I said, I, we had like our first, our best five pegs on here and then um, our best kind of five on number one. So we're hoping yeah. to come out in that kind of top 10. But then yeah. obviously there is room for error because some people just pick have different choices right from from you obviously because they think it's going to fish in a different way which is all good um so um so maybe if you come out in the top 15 you might still be able to get one of your good pegs yeah um but yeah when you come out in 22 you're like oh my god yeah um, I, I think i think the problem is with that is that you've got so many good anglers that know what they're doing they know their wall of craft so you are basically just hoping that everybody else has got it wrong uh, and you're going to get a peg that's going to produce. Um, it does happen, but it's very rare. Um, yeah. So, um, but it wasn't that bad for us because um, when we did come out at 22, we actually still got our second choice peg. No way. Yeah, boy. <laughs> which was um, pretty crazy, to be honest. Um, Did that make you doubt, actually, your choice? No, no way. Um, we'd never doubt, you know, never doubt our choice. We'd just say everyone else is crazy, obviously. Um, uh, yeah, no, we definitely didn't doubt, um, doubt it. We've got good, um, good kind of knowledge of the area, and um, we, yeah. You know, we made we made our choice um, at the draw, and we stick to it, and that is our order. Because if you go in there doubting anything, then you're you know you could make mistakes, and yeah, and you just, got to stick by you know, your guns. You've just got to stick by your guns. So, um, so yeah, to be honest, if we had to come out one later, it would definitely be gone. <laughs> um, the the yeah, there was only there was only like three four pegs left on 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 one and a couple on two and three left um, so we managed to get our second choice so we were absolutely chuffed to be honest to come out that late um, and get our second second choice um, and we've ended up in um, a peg which has got quite a lot of water uh, and it's got the kind of northwesterly winds battering into it um, so it's which is why um, why probably some people didn't take it because they weren't sure if the fish was going to get on northwesterly, and nor were we really. But um, but we wanted to. We were quite happy to take that kind of gamble. Yeah, because that that northwesterly. Sorry, that that northwesterly's been around for a while, and like I said in the in the first episode, um, the the actual the way that that most anglers will go will be on a twenty four hour wind. So if the wind changes within that twenty four hour period, then it's a good idea to get on a bit whatever direction that wind is. But if it's a stale wind, as in two or three days old, then that becomes a lot more um, problematic. And actually, the fish being down there, they could be anywhere on the lake. Yeah. So, um, so we decided. Well, it's a known area anyway. Um, generally, 
the Waltham has changed quite a lot since we last fished it. Right? They've changed it into a wetlands project. So they've opened it up to the public and nature reserve. And what they've ended up doing is um, they've fenced off all the islands, which, um, which is a bit of a nightmare um, because generally all the fish came from the islands. And the, ta- the going tactic on Walthamstow was get as close as you possibly could to the islands um, and cast right up to it. I mean, you know, cast on the undercut of the island. Um, to get the fish and if you could do that and you could get a swim that can do that and get access to the island you nearly guarantee you would guarantee fish um, now you can't get about 15 feet from, from the island um, because they fenced it off totally um, I'm not sure why I'm not sh- it might be to protect the island or it might be for bird life or something but it's kind of a totally interesting dy- dynamic to, to the match situation um so um so no one really knew what was what what was going to what kind of effect that was going to happen have on the match but um but we kind of still chose one of the named pegs there's you know there's a few there's a few named pegs that generally you'd if generally if you watch like a tom dove video on wolfram say he, he would mention tea party 2 South End, Crow's Nest. Yeah, he's always um, on them, isn't he? Always on them. He's always he's always on those kind of pegs because generally that is kind of an area for them. Historically, that's yeah. I mean, he's 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 always tight up against that island, isn't he? When he's fishing off the yeah. pegs, yeah, yeah. Um, and the water we've got has actually got access to that Crow's Nest um, peg. Um, which isn't actually where we're fishing it from. We're fishing it from a peg called Slippery Two, which is on the other side. But we've got all the water of um, of, of Crow's Nest. Um, but we've decided to fish it from this angle to do something a bit different um, because the northwest loo was coming into our face, um, and we thought that might be a better tactical decision. Um, so, um, so yeah, we're relatively happy to be honest where we end up. Um, and um, we've managed to obviously get into our swim and and get our four rods um, going, um, and we kind of gently, gently worked our way into the match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your partner Ash, he's uh, you know he's a, a great angler in his own right, um, and yeah. So you've got a good partner there, and you and you work well as a team. And I think that is probably key in any match situation in pairs is being able to work with your partner and coming up with a plan together and getting the fish. So if, if one guy keeps getting all the fish, then you still work together to make sure that spot keeps producing. Um, and the other guy doesn't um, nullify that spot and, and make it worse for the other angler. Yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, you um, basically you've got to use the four rods um, to your maximum advantage between the both of you. Um, and you need to cover the water as best you can, um, whilst also making sure that you know you're doing the right thing in terms of making sure there's space there for the fish to come in, and you're not cutting off each other. Um, yeah, there's lots of there's lots of different things to consider potentially, but um, and also you know even just it's it's a team effort when you're landing fish and um, and you know putting bait out and all that kind of stuff. It's just a maximum yeah maximum team effort and it's it's brilliant um 
but you've got to base basically um one of the one of the things that you, you need to do probably at the start is um use four rods to work out what the going tactic is or try to um you know use different colors different rigs different areas to swim so you're trying to so you're trying to nick a bite in a way aren't you rather than what some anglers might do you know depending on the lake you're on but in general you're not piling the bait in straight away you, you you're feeling your way around the around the around the swim yeah so initially first up yeah definitely try and be quiet as much as possible because you know uh, you know an hour before the time when you can cast in people are markering people are baiting um you know just casting into the swim and if there's any fish around they're just going to run to cover so if you if you're able to keep your area nice and quiet um you know two things could happen one is you wouldn't actually scare fish out of your area um if there is fish there already and um secondly um people will scare fish potentially into your area so um so yeah the best the best tactic um I believe and we believe is um, to take it very slowly at the start. Don't overcommit to a particular area. Don't, you know, um, you know what it's like when you spot out straight away, you're committed. Yeah. If you just, if you just go straight in with the spot, you put in, you know, tw- 12 spots or however many people put out, um, you're committed to that area straight away. And you don't even know whether that's where the fish want to be. Right. Until you've, kind of seen some fish movement in your in your water um you know it might be a fish lumping out or or just um just some fizzing up or something like that you don't really know where they want to be so you so there's no point really committing too early so go light go singles you can put you know 20 boilies around the bait or 50 boilies around the bait if you want because that's quite light um still um but um but just ease your way into it is yeah always, always what we do and i find that's that's probably the thing with particle isn't it i think particles is a little bit less forgiving isn't it when you're putting that out uh with with boilies i think you can probably get away with perhaps overdoing a little bit because they're not so preoccupied if maybe that's an area that's that's difficult to to catch from so unless if it's really weedy um but yeah, so in general, I, I find that when when I'm putting pod, uh, spots out, that it that it can be really mess up the swim really quickly if you're not in the right area. Definitely, yeah, it can do. Um, and you commit, and yeah, you could end up, you know, with spots a bit wary and stuff like that. We talked about it last week. Practice. Um, it could just mess it up. The boil is a lot cleaner, a lot easier, and actually, the best option for boil is spreading it around anyway. Um, not a massive amount, like you know, people say people say a tennis court size, um, or they used to. I don't know whether they still do, but um, that's how I've learned, and that is basically what I stick to. Um, trying to spread boilies over about a tennis court size, um, so you've got a lot more room for kind of error with boilies, um, and, um, and it's not it's it's not so bad, um, especially if you're only putting twenty out or so like that. Um, you know, you only um, if you're going to commit to boilies, then you're putting like kilos out. Um, then it's a bit different. You need to know. What you, yeah. You, you need to be, you know, happy with what you're doing. But um, but initially, when you're putting twenty, fifty boilies and stuff like that out, it's not a big deal. 
um, and it's to be honest quite okay because you want the fish moving when the you know the whole point of boilie fishing is to get a fish moving and um, if they're you know over, over one part of your swim and they're just moving about it's fine because that's what you want them to do anyway now now let me just um let me just ask you this is a rare opportunity for me what have you got on your rods what have i got you... on my rods currently well we've tried a few different things um during the session um currently though i have got uh two choddies um I've two choddies choddy, yeah naked choddies Naked jolly, um, yeah. I've got a um, my left one's a pineapple yellow pop up because that's done form on here, and um, my right one is matching the hatch with uh, I'm using dynamite monster tiger nut boilies, and uh, that's a so are you, are you uh, pop up. Are you, are you sorry, are you fishing straight over the weed or are you actually in shod or? Are you fishing over sort of slightly weedy areas? No, so um, it's not, no, interestingly, it's not weedy here. It's very silty. Okay. Um, there's hardly any weed. Um, and um, it's quite deep, deep silt um, in places. Um, if you can find the kind of the, the, the smoother places or the bit firmer places, they're definitely good spots for all accounts. But... Um, but yeah, it's it's silty. The I think um, the reason potentially um, why chods might work a bit better because sometimes you're fishing for quite big fish, <laughs> and um, chods is chods is known for to be a bit of a big fish rig. Um, the but also it depends on what your baiting strategy is, right? And um, my baiting strategy it's boily. Um, and chods over um, boilie is a very good tactic. Um, yep. And don't get me wrong, I didn't go straight in with that. So um, we've kind of evolved to that. So initially, um, I had a chod on one rod because um, I've caught, historically on the two and three, I've caught, I don't know, four, five, six fish or something. Um, I would say... 60% of them have been on chods on a yellow pineapple pop-up. Um, so it was, you know, it was, I I said on the last show, I was debating whether I was going to put a chod out. I decided I was going to put a chod out because 60% of my takes and fish on here previously have been on the chod. So yeah. I, I wanted one rod on that initially from the start. And then um, my second rod was on a... Um, my, my most favorite rig, a blowback rig on the bottom, quite a long blowback because obviously um, it's in silt and um, I was using it on a helicopter um, set up. How um, deep was this silt? Was it plugging in or is it? Yeah, plug, plugging in, yeah. Okay. Plugging in, the lead plugging in. So, um, so yeah, I decided to, to fish quite a long um, bottom bait just in case they preferred bottom, you know, feed on the bottom. Um, rather than pop-ups um, and I also then had a third rod set up which was on a um, roddy so on a roddy yeah a naked yeah. roddy basically um, 
so and, that, and that chop works. and changed right so i i generally have three rods so yeah. i always work in three rods even though i've got two rods i'm only allowed to fish two rods because yeah. actually specifically fish is two rods i always have one on the bank also that i'm working with um so that i don't have um, my rods out the water for longer than i need yeah. to that's that's one of the big things of, of match fishing, isn't it? It's it's the prep work, it's the it's the the rhythm that you get into and you know, the best anglers um, you know, just they just have it working to a fine fine clock, you know, it just everything just swells as one and they're basically a machine. Um which is which is the best best cocktail to to, to win matches. Yeah, you. It takes like like we talked about last week. It's, you know, you need to put in practice, and um, I, 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 I don't like fishing three rods. I prefer to fish two rods, even when I'm personal fishing, because I always like having this the one on the on the bank to kind of play with and um, yeah. change something up. So. Yeah. For instance, I might have a zig set up on the bank, or I might have um, a, to- a a bottom bait, I've, and I've got pop ups out there, or something like that, just to switch it around, um, just and so I can that's... change change it around. And and f- in in a map situation in particular, um, it's quite useful because sometimes when you've got four rods out, if you get a fish, you can take out other lines. So if you've got another rod on the bank ready to go. At least you know as soon as you've got that fish in, you can get that rod back out fishing. Yeah, because um, it might just be a short space of time um, when when bite time is. So you need to kind of make best use of those kind of opportunities. So um, so I kind of switched between all those three rods, and Nash started with um, uh, two different um, Ronnies, uh, one on a Roddy and one on a um, kind of um, stiff boom. Um, and we had all different colours out and all sorts. Um, Ash was fishing some singles. I was fishing over a small amount of boilie, et cetera, et cetera. And we're just trying to kind of feed our way into it. And, and that, how, often, how often were you changing? Because that, that is probably one of the the things that people, well, I definitely find getting my head around is when to change. Um, do you change you know, every hour, do you change every half hour? Do you just reset the rig? It may be the case of the rig just not being set right. Um, so all these things sort of run through your head when you come to make that decision of we're going to change the rig. Yeah, it's been uh, difficult. <laughs> yeah. Difficult question to answer. The, um, what I, gen- I generally try to do when I'm fishing is keep one rod the same. So on this session, it's been the choddy. Yeah. So I've kept kept the choddy the same, and I've just done roaming tactics with that. So I've just moved it around the swim. Yeah. Um, but I've kept that tactic the same, so it's been steady. And then on my other rod, I've been swapping and changing, um, swapping and changing rigs, and also swapping and changing areas, um, just to see if. Um, so I've got that kind of one. Um, steady rod that I'm kind of measuring against and then um, I've got my other rod which I'm swapping and changing but then I've also got Ash's rods right to look at to see what he's doing um, and he's he's you know doing similar where he's keeping one steady and then the other one he's kind of swapping and changing around depending on reactions but 
there's lots of different things. If there's fish in your area and you haven't had a bite, then potentially you need to change it. Um, yeah. But um, but I generally kind of work on, you know, I don't, if it, on a hard water like this, um, I generally keep my rods out quite a long time. So, um, you know, eight hours or so, maybe more sometimes. Yeah. Um, I try to get in a bit of a rhythm um, or routine. Um, we know bite times generally. So on the first night I had my bottom bait and choddy out. So basically I cast out, um, set my rods at about um, five o'clock. I think it was probably in, um, they're out at 12 o'clock obviously, but then um, we sat them about five o'clock and, um, and they didn't come back in until about 11, 12 o'clock next day. So, okay. um, so, but I, I knew I didn't feel like I'd had fish on me. So yeah. I had nothing to to say that I'm doing the wrong thing, basically. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I just, I, I just stuck with that. And Ash obviously had his too. So um, we stuck with that. But then, um, then because we're in quite an open water swim um, and the fish are quite nomadic, they kind of travel up and down the lakes. Um, I decided to put quite a lot of boiling out. Um, I probably put on that first night during the night because the seagulls were a bloody nightmare. Um, I put um, probably about six kilo out. Okay, and when you put that out, I mean, when you said the seagulls were a nightmare, I mean, this is one of the big, big burdens of the carp angler is feeding the birds. I mean, when you're putting boilies out um, in the day and you say you've got 20 20 gulls on you which is pretty normal for a for a for a popular lake they can i you know i estimate they they probably take 60 70 percent of the boilies that you're putting in depending about the numbers that you are putting in um and i always found uh, over the recent years that i will just wait i will wait till dusk till where they're just sitting on the water, where you know the light is just fading, it's too difficult for them to pick up, and and you'll save yourself a lot of lot of money on boilies, and also it's a great time just to ring that sort of dinner bell, um, like you would with a spod. You know, I've I've had so many takes where I've been doing that, and and, and it's rattled off because you're sort of introducing them, they're hearing the noise of it plopping in the water. You don't have the gulls messing about with it diving in perhaps scaring them off. Um, yeah, and I generally find that that works best. Um, I don't know if, you, if you've done something similar to that. Yeah, that I'd, I tend to... What I'd like to do is really, um, from the first first minute, um, kind of just trickle bait in all day, all night, if I could. Um, yeah. I, that's what I'd prefer to do. I'd prefer to be to put in, you know, like, you know, like match anglers do you know, normal match anglers, little and often. That is how I would prefer to do boilie fishing. Yeah. Um, if there wasn't any goals around. Um, but on a lake like this, you just can't, you can't just keep the goals diving into the water because you're never going to get a bite. I just can't see you getting a bite while that's happening. Um, so all through the day, I was putting like, well, to be honest, you know what the goals are like. As soon as you walk down to the peg and pick up your boilie stick, they're blooming on you. You don't yeah. even have to put any out. No, no, so no. switched on. It's ridiculous. But um, I was trying to get out. If someone else was putting boilers out or something, and they were over the other side of the lake, 
I was trying to get out three or four boilies before they before they came, and I was just trying to do that as often as I could. But then I kind of gave up and said, no, it's just not going to happen. I'm just going to have to put a big load out at last light, which yeah. isn't best, right? Because last light and first light is then generally going to be best. Yeah, best. I know, but I, I think that it's not like when you're putting a, a SPOM in, right? It, you, you're putting in... Um, if you're only throwing out even just singles, if if you're that paranoid of of disturbing the fish or worried about it, then just putting singles out, they're just they're just plops into the water. And I think if you're doing it quite gradually like that um, at last light, like I said, I think that does perhaps give them more of a of a reason to go and investigate rather than be then shy off it. But yeah, yeah, I mean. Generally, I do it all in one. Um, to be honest, I don't. At last, if if on the first night, last night, I'll just get a load of boilie out if I'm boilie fishing, um, and then I kind of take the hit that I'm going to make a noise, and I hope that maybe later on in the night they could still get on the boilie, but I kind of take the hit that I might not get um, get a take um, that night because um, because of that, but. I'll be then confident that I'm fishing over bait and I'm, I've got a, the situation potentially where I could get the, the fish competing. Um, so I kind of take the hit. So, that, so I did, um, I think I, I, what I actually ended up doing was probably about three kilo at last night. And then I got up again at five o'clock in the morning and put in another three kilo because I wanted that to last all the way through to the next morning. So um, at 24 hours, basically, um, because I didn't want to put any more bait out and disturb it the following night. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we did that. Um, and, um, and the first night, Lo and behold, we didn't get anything. Didn't have any activity. Then, um... so what were you thinking at this point when you when you didn't get anything? Because there's there's nothing worse when you've you put the time and the effort in, um, and you're waking up in the morning and you haven't had a run. It's it's quite demoralising. You you think well, obviously the fish are probably not in your area, and that's when you start thinking. Obviously, you can't do this in a match. You can't move. But in in your, in your normal fishing scenario, you would be. Mm, should I move? I might go and have a look elsewhere. But obviously in the match situation, you can't do that. So, I mean, what were your thoughts on, on actually uh, of getting something out of that swim? The, um, I was okay. I wasn't, I was, wasn't expecting anything on that first night. It's a hard late, to be honest. I think we'd have been lucky if we'd have got something. The good thing in the match as well, you know where fish are because you look at the leaderboard and you see who's the fish overnight. So um, if, if I'd had fish on me, so if I'd have seen fish and um, I hadn't got a take, then I'd have been seriously annoyed. But, um, but because I knew that we didn't really have fish on us and I knew fish were down the other end because people were catching them overnight, um, I, was, um, I was okay with it. I, I, just, I, I just felt that, yeah, we, we just made a lot of disturbance that night. But um, hopefully the night after... Um, we'll be in a better situation. We'll be ready for them when they do turn up and we might be able to nick one. Um, and that actually worked out for us. Yeah, carry on. So um, the 
so last night it was yeah last night so i didn't i didn't put any boiling out um last night because i'd already put it in the night before and um what time are we looking at here uh it was nine o'clock last night um my choddy left rod um went off um out of the blue we'd actually seen quite a lot of fish in our peg um all afternoon um, but we just couldn't get a take. They were just here on the weather, to be honest. They, they just they didn't seem to want to feed. Um, so um, we were trying lots of different things. To we we're fishing really close in because they were quite, they were kind of in our margins mostly. Um, yeah. But we couldn't get a take. Um, but we give them lots and lots of space. So we took mostly our lines out out of the out of the area so that they could just chill and and be in this area. Um, hoping that they might actually, when they do get on the feed, probably at night time, they'd still be in the area. And um, yeah, I managed to get a take on the boiler about nine o'clock um, out of the blue and uh, it um, kind of kited off to the right and into the blue and all the, very closely into the trees. It was a bit of, um, bit of a nightmare. And my knees were absolutely knocking because, um, because we just know how many big fish are in here any mm. any any take could be a pb for me um mm. and most people to be honest um and then you've got the extra pressure of a competition and all sorts so um yeah it was very um very nerve-wracking yeah um and uh you could kind of feel it was a reasonable fish straight away because it was kiting at length rather than it's always out. difficult at night though it was at night wasn't it uh, yeah it was, yeah so uh, you know it's always difficult to to gauge any fish um especially uh, where there may be weed involved yeah. and if and, you're fishing and the at wind distance. was up the wind was still up and in our face as well which doesn't help um so you got line going round all over the shop um you just yeah you didn't have i didn't have too much control over it but i had to kind of you're right there, mate. Yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> Might have COVID. Who knows? <laughs> that doesn't sound good. I hope not. Um, the so yeah, the, it was just kiting off to the right, and didn't have much control of it. But um, had to kind of had to get a grip because um, it was going to end up in the trees. So had to start putting some pressure on him and managed to get him in. And he came to the margins real quickly, and Ash was there with the net and. He popped up and then he saw the net and he was like, I'm not having this. <laughs> and he went on a dart and then he was all the way in front of our peg and he was taking out Ash's lines. And oh my God, it got a bit bit of a nightmare. Um, took out both Ash's lines. Um, it was pitch black. But you know, in that situation, it doesn't matter about the rods that are fishing. All it matters about is getting that fish in. Yeah. Right? I mean, um, especially, especially once it's wiped. When you, once it's wiped you out, then you know you've got to get it in. I mean, because yeah. it's just, it's well, you, just you, you just can't lose fish in a match situation anyway. It's just yeah, dreadful if you lose fish. Um, you don't get many opportunities, especially here as well. You don't get any opportunities hardly. Um, you just everything. Yeah, you do everything just to get that fish in um, because rods you can reset. Um, you know, you can cut line, reset your rigs, everything. Um, but you you can't get another fish on the bank if <laughs> if you lose it, potentially. So um, you just need to get it in. So we concentrated on getting that in. Um, and then looked at it in that and go, oh, it's a bit of a big one. <laughs> um, it had a big fat, 
outback and it, and it had a mouth like the fish that we have in France. Oh my god, it was massive. So, so, so what 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 brand was it? Was it a mirror? Yeah, mirror halfling mirror it was. Um, and the mouth was humongous, mate. It was proper boiling muncher. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it just reminded me. It reminded me and Ash of a a chunk from France. Um, okay. Well, you know, so if, then, you, if it reminds you of one of them, that's a good fish. Yeah. So then I was um, I was getting very nervous because it could well be a PB. Obviously, my PB was twenty nine fifteen. Um, so. Um, so first thing did I had to cut my line because um, it was wrapped around ashes, but we decided that was the best thing to do, um, which managed to get ashes rod sorted quite quick, which is good. Um, and then, um, and then we kind of um, obviously got it in a sling and put it in the margins. You then have to call the marshal through, but before we'd done any of that, we made sure all four rods were back out fishing. Yeah, um, because as soon as the marshal and stuff's in your peg. All they want to do is, you know, get the get the fish out. Obviously, weigh it and photograph it, etc. Um, it can, uh, you know, end up taking half an hour, forty minutes. And if you lose that time fishing, um, you know, you're potentially um, losing bait, uh, bites. So. But especially when it's wiped you out. I mean, uh, yeah. you don't want you don't want anybody out. Even one is, uh, yeah, is, is bad enough. But yeah, no, that's uh, that's the way you've got to think in these matches. Yeah, so um, so we got all all the rods out, and then um, then I kind of took a breath, and um, we, Ash obviously has been with me a lot in terms of trying when I've been trying to catch a thirty pound bear, just as you have. Um, so we're both quite excited about it um, to see well what done, it was, um, and um, the uh, so we got the marshals around and managed to get it out, and uh, it looked all day long that it was a thirty. And uh, what did he roll around? What did he roll around? Luckily, luckily, it went thirty pound four ounces. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, music (laughs) So chuffed. Very, very chuffed. It's been like eight eight years or so. Made up for you, mate. Made up. I know. I know how hard you fought for that thirty. The scenarios that you've you've been in, where you know you've just it's just just hasn't happened and you know for for an anger of your quality it's just i, d- I just don't know how you how you ma- haven't managed to catch a 30 it's quite uh, quite incredible but let's hope they're like buses now for you and uh and you're going to be getting them every time you go you know it's uh so I. I, I was getting quite teary to be honest uh, I wish I was there. Such... I wish I was there. I was, I was thinking earlier. I wish I was there for you because that that would have been a great milestone to see you catch that. Oh no, I'm just um, I'm so happy that um, that someone was here with me because if I was on my own, I'd just uh, it wouldn't have been the same. But um, oh, I was getting proper emotional. But the, it means a massive lot, you know the the carp gods have always made me work hard. Um, you know, I was stuck on nine and a half pounds for so long. Um, UK, um, nine and a half reds. Yeah. Yeah. Not, <laughs> yeah. Not <afraid. laughs> but anyway, that's a different, that's a different conversation. Um, I was stuck on nine and a half pounds for just so, so long. And then I was stuck on, um, 19 pounds six for, 
oh, for ages and ages. And that was actually a fish from Walthamstow. Um, but the thing is, you know, as soon as, as soon as I got that first double, all I could catch was doubles. As soon as I got that first 20, all I could catch was 20s. So I'm really hoping that now I've got a 30, all I can catch is bloody 30s. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, Brilliant. I'm, in the I'm just hoping yeah, I'm in wet. a 30 club. So very happy. But um, did, you, did you get wet? No, I didn't get wet. Oh, um, you would have got wet if I was out. I would have, I would have absolutely. I don't care if it was minus. Let me off. <laughs> absolutely. So I would have been. I'd have been very happy to get wet. Yeah, that's for sure. I, to be honest, I was really hoping that I was able to get a water shot, but um, of my first fish. But it was kind of pitch black, and um, I'm not allowed waders here at Walthamstow, so um, so I couldn't, I couldn't do that, unfortunately. Um, but it was absolutely freezing, yeah, really, really cold. And um, it was more important to be fishing at the time for the competition, to be honest. So, yeah. yeah, Ash yeah kind of let one. me off. He kind of let me off, which was nice. Um, so, um, but yeah, that's um, that's been our only action so far. Um, and we're kind of hoping that they turn up again tonight, but we're kind of in bite time now. And, um, and I haven't had a take yet. But um, I've got two jollies out at the moment on that baited area now tonight. Um, at first light this morning, I, I, because obviously I've had feeding fish on that spot. Um, at first light this morning, I'd put out. Well, actually, it's a couple of hours before first light. I thought I thought I tried to do it an hour earlier, so I did it about three o'clock in the morning. I put another four or five kilo out. Um, to um, because I was hoping if I did it a bit earlier, I might get a take at first light, but. That didn't happen. Um, so, um, so I've had that out all day, and now I've put my put my baits back over it. I've also spotted an area a bit closer in, as I was saying before, and then I saw a slick come up. Haven't seen a slick since, um, but, um, but I've been on the closer spot area in the daytime, um, and I've just took it. I took a took that rod off. And put it on the boilie um, about seven o'clock, ready for bite time, which is about now, to see see maybe if I could get two bites tonight rather than just the one and try and be greedy. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but that hasn't materialised yet. Um, and Ash has obviously kind of learnt from that of what um, the take that we got last night, and he's now got a choddy and a pineapple about on one of his as well. So kind of learning from tactic and see if we can. Yeah. No, that's that's the, that's the way you got to go. So, so yeah. how are your competitors doing? So, um, there's three or four pairs that have caught three fish, I think. They're, um, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't really looked at the leaderboard because, um, I'm not really interested until we're in it. Um, yeah, um, um, this finishes, you've got how many hours you've got left? You've got tomorrow at 12 o'clock now, so, um, you got uh, 12, uh, 14, hours. 14 hours left or so, which is, um, plenty of time. we need to, we need two bites basically. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, plenty of time. Plenty of time. That's uh, plenty, plenty of time. Yeah. Um, and generally it's night water. So, um, so we've got plenty of time. Um, the last year, last year, FCC UK, I didn't win it until about 10 o'clock the Sunday morning. Wow. So, yeah. so there's plenty of time. Um, the 
and it's three biggest fish and i think the um the weight of the first place at the moment is about 74 pound or something like that for three fish okay um and um and second third and fourth are really close behind there's like a pound or two pound in it um so there's about one one fish in it for first place at the moment so that's really interesting for all those guys that is um and um and we're two fish behind, so we've obviously had a thirty, which is a brilliant first fish. Um, if we can, um, if we could get a couple more, actually, we only need the. I think Ash was saying we need a twenty-three and a twenty-four or something. Okay, which is very achievable. That is, you get them on you. Two, two fish, yeah. um, very achievable. Um, so um, potentially, we just need two more bites, or. Um, we could have the big girl at like 45. That would do, wouldn't it? Oh, you'd, you'd have that, wouldn't you? That wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. <laughs> that would do. Could be one bite. I'll take it, with, um, I'll take it home, mate. That's what I'd do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to be honest, um, the result does not matter anymore. I've got my PB. No, definitely. No, no, <laughs> I am absolutely chuffed. Um, but I am... Really keen to try and get Ash's first first fish from uh, Wolfram. So he hasn't well um, from two and three. He hasn't had he hasn't had a fish from two. Yeah, three I'm yet, sure. So sure we're really come. trying to do that. Sure, he will come good. But um, and Ash is generally really good big fish angler as well. Usually, between us, when we when we we're in competitions, he generally gets the bigger fish. I I generally get more, but smaller. And Ash gets the um. Well, actually, to be honest, been quite even in terms of numbers as well, but he generally gets a bigger fish than me. Um, so um, I'm really hopeful that he might be able to get a, get a bigger one out, big one out tonight as well. Or, uh, that'd be good. If I, can, yeah. if I can nick another one. That's all it takes, a couple of fish, um, and you're right back in it. You're really, yeah. um, So there's all to play for, definitely. Most definitely. Um, so I'm going to keep this, keep my rods on the, um, on the Wiley now I'm going to take my second rod off at about 11, 12 o'clock tonight and I'm going to put it back on the spot um, and, and leave that because I've put, put spot out because I know that it's really good at getting multiple takes. Um, if you can get one fish on it, you're probably going to get two or three. Yeah, um, most definitely. So, um, so I thought spot was probably a good tactic to try on the last night. Um, it actually worked for me last year in terms of winning the FCC because on the last morning I had like four fish um, and luckily one of them was the weight that I needed. Yeah. Well, in fact, two of them were 29 on the first on the last morning and the 26 or something which got got me to the which got me to the final final weight. That's smashing grab. That is, isn't it? It was smashing crap, Yeah. So hopefully, um, hopefully it might happen again, but. Obviously, there's lots of other anglers around the lake who are hoping exactly the same that they might come out at 29 or 30 tonight. Um, that will um, that will secure their, their kind of place in first place. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think actually it's um, a pegless in number one is winning at the moment. Okay. Interestingly, even though there has been a couple of pegs on two and three that have caught three fish. Yeah. Um, uh, one peg on peg on Lake One has caught um, a couple of big ones. So um, uh, well, 
basically they they've caught numbers a, a lot of fish mm. over over the four, four, last 48 hours 72 hours yeah um or 56 hours sorry and they're um and they've uh, they've obviously played the numbers game and they've managed to kind of creep their um biggest fish up their biggest free fish um so um so i think they're winning by about a pound or something at the moment okay um We'll see see how the last night goes. Yeah, I'm sure. we're hoping that we could just come in from the outside and just overtake them all. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's if they get into your area, then I think you'll you'll be well well ready for them. Um, and and yeah, I just think they need to get out in front of you. I mean, has there been many signs as in for shows? Uh, just as last night was coming, we saw two shows in our water. So um, that was, um, that was uh, encouraging. Um, we'll see. Um, not really getting liners and stuff because the wind's so much. You don't know what is a liner and what's not a liner. Um, so, yeah, and we've seen Ash has put some oil on his boilies and we've seen a couple of slicks come up and we've seen that slick come up on my spot. So. Okay. Okay. Hopefully, there's some fish, but it could be bream. No, it could be tench. You never know. Yeah, no, you're doing you're doing really, really well. You know, to get your PB, um, you're still in there. Oh, yeah. there's, uh, obviously, if you hadn't had a fish by now, then you'd be very up against it. But even then, you, you would still have a chance. But I, I'm I'm pretty optimistic for you, and and I think, like I said, if the fish get on top of you, then then you'll have them. Definitely. Hopefully, we'll see. We'll see if the fish, yeah, if the fish come come into our pack. Hopefully, we'll have them. Between our four rods, we'll have one. Um, it's just um, hopefully that they'll come come in and start feeding. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely knackered. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I, like I say, baiting up in the night and catching fish in the night, and then buzzing because of PB. And first night you didn't really sleep anyway. Oh, yeah. I'm absolutely knackered. I need to, need to. Um, you need some sleep. Get my head down, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Definitely. He, that's uh, that's one of the things, isn't it? The perils of the match fishing. That he, I mean, I don't really sleep when I'm even when I'm pleasure angling. So when you're match fishing, you are constantly constantly awake. Um, it's very difficult to switch off, and you don't actually start to be able to sort of switch off. Possibly near the end, when you're just so exhausted with no sleep. Yeah, uh, I I can never I can't sleep on pleasure match uh, when I'm pleasuring them either, but um, I mean when it's when it's over four days three nights it gets very knackering towards the end. I bet it does. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, and you're working all yeah. day as well, right? You're trying you're trying to do as much as you can just to nick light in the daytime because that can make all the difference. Um, so you know chopping and changing in different areas and stuff just to try and nick one um so yeah it's been busy well yeah i mean what you can do you can update uh our listeners on our on our face group page on carp cogs um with your result in the morning if you wouldn't mind mate i'm sure they'd be pretty intrigued to find out how it all finishes yeah well this isn't going to go out right so people When's this going to go out? It depends how much you're going to pay me. Yeah, well, I don't want everyone else like on the late listen to this and listen to my tactics and they have time to react to no, it. No, you, 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 uh, <laughs> you'll be safe, mate. 
I'm, I'm not there. Please. I'm not there <laughs> You'll be no good. All right, yeah, I'm sure it'd be fine. Um, and uh, I think they'll they they'll struggle anyway to get. Um, I think I think I've used about. 13 kilo boilies <laughs> so far so I don't think I think, I think they'll struggle to get that in <laughs> oh, well it's, yeah. it's been a pleasure Mr Toner as always um, yeah indeed yeah, that's good yeah we'll, we'll finish it there you know you've uh, you seem obviously pretty tired um, but yeah no it's been really good you know it's been great insight I think to the listeners on how you should approach a match like and how how you should really just fill your way into the competition, um, and anyone who match fishes out there, yeah, that, that hopefully they can take something from it. And not even match fish. I mean, even if you're fishing somewhere like Linear, where every peg is taken, you you can take that from there as well. You can you can apply it to that sort of scenario as well. Um, and yeah, and hopefully that that side of things will improve your fishing. Um, so yeah, um, we'll we'll do another episode soon. Um, hopefully again the listeners have enjoyed it Um, please leave comments on our face group page Um, any questions you might want us to ask in the show um, would be greatly appreciated Um, so yeah right hang 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 about hang about hang about what 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 right you know last week we talked a bit about football at the end and (sighs) we were talking about man you and you were going to say what were you saying man you were going to you know, show us, show us how it's all done against Palace. Was it? Yeah. Well, we, what happened? Well, you know, it's just one of them things. I'm sure Arsenal will find out. What happened, mate? <laughs> old well, we didn't turn up, mate. Didn't turn up. <sighs> you must be gutted. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't brilliant. But you know, to be fair, Palace they played well. They did play well. They opened the game up, but they just you know they passed the ball right. Yeah, but it's the United at Old Trafford, Theatre of Dreams. No, I know. I know, mate. Yeah. How does that happen? Well, we won today, so by the skin of our teeth. Well, that, that was the yeah. <laughs> skin of your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, my God. That's ridiculous. Hopefully, it's yeah. the right direction. Uh, yeah, I think you were still pretty awful. Yeah. Me and, me and Ash were watching it on the bank when we could, and yeah. Uh, um, it was very close. It was quite interesting. But, uh, oh, mate, you need to get some players in, don't you? Mm. Sack Solskjaer. <laughs> you can't. You can't, you can't sack the baby-faced assassin. Oh, well, that's true. But um, it's all right. Arsenal got Liverpool on Monday, so we'll get crucified. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens yeah. <laughs> Yeah. right cool right I'm going to uh, yeah take two I'm going to get out and uh, keep watching the water yeah thanks to everybody listening take care and we'll see you next time cheers cheers cheers